0: Chapter 15, In Praise of the Messiah. The signs are that theology is beginning to detect the flaw in the non-messianic gospel of the divided church, as well as in its un-Jewish Jesus. A writer from Australia complains that the term gospel has been, quote, too narrowly construed, too personalized subjectively applied. He points out that the subject matter of the early Christian gospel included, quote, the Lord's universal victory over the world and his consequent kingly rule, with a new era beginning this way. With the Old Testament eschatology, from which it derives its force behind it, the gospel settles for no less than the restitution of all things. That was a quotation from W.J. Dumbrell in an article called The Content of the Gospel and the Implications of that Content for the Christian Community in the Reformed Theological Review of 1981. A number of scholars, happily, now concede with Johannes Weiss that, and I quote, The Kingdom of God as Jesus thought of it, is never something subjective, inward, or spiritual, but is always the objective messianic kingdom, which usually is pictured as a territory into which one enters, or a land in which one has a share, or as a treasure which comes down from heaven. And a quotation from Johannes Weiss's book. Jesus' proclamation of the kingdom of God. The gulf that has been fixed between the Hebrew messianism of both testaments and traditional views of the afterlife, quote, on far off shores, can be bridged only when Christians become attuned to the biblical exaltation over the future coming of the Messiah. The divine plan for the future has become dislocated and obscured through the intrusion of an anti-Hebraic philosophy. Yet a common sense rereading of the biblical literature backed by the refined tools of contemporary scholarship will be sufficient to bring about a restatement of the genuine Christian view of the future. The fullest emphasis must be placed upon the biblical fact that the Messiah has never yet begun to reign in his kingdom. Exalted Lord at the right hand of the Father, he certainly is. Enthroned in his own kingdom, he certainly is not. His kingship in glory is associated by the early Christians with his reappearance on earth in the power of his kingdom. Tragically, the millennial passage, torn from its context and unrelated to the central Christian hope, has so often been used to contradict the biblical scheme. Once it is understood that the dead are dead until the resurrection, the belief that Christ is already reigning as Messiah with his saints will be seen as the mirage on which a false eschatology or view of the future has been built. To recapture the authentic Christian hope, we can do no better than to join the heavenly host in their new song in praise of the Christ. Their words are a summary of the divine message embodied in the Christian revelation. Quote, Worthy art thou to take the book and to open its seals, For thou wast slain, and did purchase to God with thy blood of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, and made them unto our God kings and priests, and they shall reign on the earth. That was from Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10 in the King James Version. The heavenly court thrills again at the completion of the divine plan and prospect, of the Messianic triumph. I quote, We give thanks, O Lord God, the Almighty, who art and who wast, because thou hast taken thy great power and hast begun to reign. That's Revelation 11, verse 17, again in the King James Version. And again, Hallelujah! The Lord God Almighty has begun to reign. Revelation 19, verse 6. The promised reign of the Messiah is destined to begin at the climax of history, and that crisis is everywhere in the biblical literature placed at the return of the Christ. Apart from that event, the whole divine message or gospel is reduced to a fairy tale. The aging apostle Paul gave his last word to the world, in a solemn declaration of the Christian gospel message. I quote, Before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, I attest both to his coming and his kingdom. Second Timothy 4 verse 1. He then instructed Timothy to, quote, proclaim the message. Never lose your sense of urgency, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. Convince, correct, warn, and encourage. Be unflagging in your patience, for the time is coming when people will not tolerate sound instruction, but with ears itching for something gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another, chosen to satisfy their own liking, and to foster the errors they hold. They will turn away from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. That's a quotation from 2 Timothy 4, verses 2 to 4. Each of us is called to make clear his own response to the risen Jesus and the coming divine event. The summons to repentance and baptism is a call to respond to the king and his coming kingdom. His divine appointment to rule has been decreed by the architect of the divine plan for our rescue. We should welcome the message as mankind's last and only hope. Our acceptance of the good news means reconciliation with our maker, and an end to our involvement in the universal deception. If individually we stand perplexed and helpless in our guilt, the Lamb has been provided in sacrifice for our sins. The ransom has been paid. The death penalty can be lifted, and we may go free. The cry of the apostles rings out as clearly and urgently to our generation as to theirs. I quote, God commands all men everywhere to repent, for he has appointed a day in which he intends to administer the world injustice in the person of a man whom he has destined for this work. And he has given assurance of this by raising him from the dead. Paul addressed the Greeks in terms of the purest Jewish Christian messianism. His quotation is from the jubilant Psalm 96, which celebrates the future arrival of the kingdom of God, in the person of God's agent, the Messiah Jesus, to bring sane government to the world. In those same terms, Jesus had announced the kingdom, a task which he assigns to his church until the dawn of the great day. In the conviction that the message of Jesus is still the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, let Christians everywhere unite.